The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's Tuesday. It's Fantasy NBA Today. It's a hoop ball presentation. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. Welcome to the program. Finally now, after telling you on Friday it was going to be on Monday and then telling you yesterday it was going to be today, it is today. And it is my chat with my good buddy, Adam King. That's coming up here just in a matter of moments. Adam put together... For Fantasy Pass subscribers, but we'll talk about some of it here on the podcast. If you want to see the whole thing, you're going to have to get the Fantasy Pass, which remains just $4.99 at hoop-ball.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We have two things actually to do on today's podcast. One of them is my chat with Adam, and we will be doing that first. That's coming up again here in just a few seconds. Later on the show, we will talk about the finals. The NBA Finals, they begin now, effectively. Uh, I mean, not now. It's still about four hours away from more than that. About five hours from the time of us recording. We, me, I, recording this podcast. Suns and Bucks. Just like we all expected on opening day last year. This year. When I say last year, I mean 2020. In any event, let's dive right on in with our first pre-show item i want to say up for bid like i'm doing the prices right here but the most important thing i'm going to tell you on today's podcast with of course all due respect to my breakdown of the finals and my chat with adam is that we have another brand new podcast at hoopball our third in as many weeks you may recall that two weeks ago we debuted the all rookie podcast with host william harris last year last year last week we debuted Punt intended a fantasy NBA dynasty show hosted by Rhett Bauer and Travis Fuller. Those shows taking off like a rocket. And today I tell you about a show that debuted yesterday in the afternoon. And I mean, I, I'm just, I'm over the moon about this. I'm so excited. And I say this, I... I don't want to diminish anything else that I or we have done at HoopBall in recent memory or in total memory, but this is a huge deal. Buddy of mine, Anthony Germain, has put together a brand new podcast for us here at HoopBall called, drumroll, Fantasy NFL Today. You may know this podcast is Fantasy NBA Today. What do we do on this show? We cover the NBA. Every day, all year long, off-season, whatever, off-season, in-season, draft-season, you name it, well, take that and port it to football, the National Football League, the king of sports here in the United States of America, the big one, the big fantasy one, I mean, it is, it's the Womper. As much as I don't personally watch it or understand it, it's the big one. And we now have a daily fantasy NFL show at HoopBall. Anthony is on Twitter at Talking Sunday. Talking Sunday, all one word. On Twitter at Talking Sunday. The show again is called Fantasy NFL Today. If you guys listen to this show for your fantasy NBA winners, we now have football covered for you. I'm, I'm just so freaking excited about this. Daily. It's Monday to Friday, off-season, in-season, same general format that you've come to know and love. Obviously, it'll be a different person, but Anthony knows what he's doing. Dude's got chops. He even had a couple of sound effects in the show he released today on Tuesday. So please go check that out. We got the hoop ball seal of approval on that bad boy. He has tons of strategies to go over. Yesterday's show, Monday's show, sort of the true debut of Fantasy NFL Today, He'll tell you a little bit about how he does it, what his methodology is. And then today's show, Tuesday, Anthony breaks down the first team. He's going to go through every single team to get you ready for this upcoming football season because they're actually 
you know, we're still finishing up our finals in the NBA. We've got a little ways to go, although admittedly we're, we're sort of humming along. But fantasy football draft season is like a month away. Oh, I'm so excited. Fantasy NFL Today. We tweeted it out from at Hoopball Fantasy. I'll be retweeting almost all of them because I'm just so freaking excited about it. But please do check that out. You're going to love it. And uh, we'll get you covered for two of the big three now. Baseball's the one that's left. You think you can host a baseball show? Hit me up, I guess, at Dan Bespers on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Let's talk to Adam King. I teased it on Friday's show, and it is now here on this Monday edition. We're talking to our buddy Adam King. It's uh, The time difference has screwed with us a little bit, Adam. We've been trying to figure out how we could get this segment done for about a week and a half, but between holidays and my child care and the fact that my afternoon is first thing in the morning for you but we did it we did it we're talking it's really happening i i say all that and i can sort of squeeze it down into just this good morning good afternoon thank yes, you good afternoon thank you to you <laughs> yes it, it has been it has been tough i was looking the last time we we talked it's actually almost been a year so that's crazy um yeah, I don't know where that's gone, but we might have done something. In. Did we do something live in there? I think we might have had a live show more recently than that. Uh, yeah, look, we might have had a, a live show with with more than just me and you, um, potentially. Um, oh yeah, I, I don't know. I've lost track of time. It's <laughs> well, don't feel too bad because I think I've had like six guests on the podcast in the last calendar year. So the fact that yeah. you were one of them. Actually, is uh, makes you elite. I think as the kids uh, elite, yeah, it's L and then like two backwards, three or two threes or something like that, right? Am I yeah. getting my old internet lingo right? So, uh, how's the off season treating you so far, man? How you feeling? Uh, yeah, it's been good to have a break, um, but yeah, I mean, the playoffs have been interesting. Probably, probably the most uh, sort of. The, the more one of the more interesting playoff series that we've had in, in quite a while, uh, which has been good um, and really good to see some new teams up there um, winning games and, and that sort of thing. So I, I know the Lakers sort of fizzled out, which would have disappointed you a little bit. But um, I think you, you have to just be excited that we're, that we're seeing some of these new teams coming through. Yeah, it's been a blast. They've been some really good competitive series. Uh and it's been nice for me too, as a as a full I, I'm full degenerate. Being able to gamble on these things is uh, sort of I, I think I've got my flow back here. Gambling on the bubble was actually really easy because you knew exactly what was coming from just like a pace and style standpoint. Since no one ever changed venues, there were no fans. It was really easy to handicap, and this sort of took me a little bit to get my sea legs back and, and handicap playoffs where fans were in the building and they went from one home court to another. But uh, I think I got it back under control. I've won my last few and it's been, they've been fun, good ball games. And I, I'm, there's also, I think it's kind of nice to not have to watch every second of it during the fantasy season. I, I pride myself on trying to watch just a crap ton of basketball. And if I miss like half a playoff game, eh, you know what? It's not going to, it's not going to change my outlook on the next few days of fancy basketball very much. But actually, that's a beautiful segue. Oh, by the way, Adam King, you can follow on Twitter at AdamKing91. Uh, I probably should have done that at the outset, but whatever. Adam is also, uh, what, what's your what's your new title at HoopBall? You're like second Pooba on writing side? I don't even know what, what the deal is anymore. Uh yeah, I don't know. I, I know what I'm doing, but I don't actually. <laughs> I don't actually think. Uh, I'm not sure if we've come up with an, an official fancy title for me yet. So that's maybe something we can work on. In I'm gonna. I'm gonna call you official fancy title of the writer division here at at hoop-ball.com. That's what it's gonna be for now. Official fancy title, Adam King, who, as we talked about on Friday's podcast, put together the way too early top 100 for next season. And I know you've been focused pretty hard. We've been talking about the playoffs here just the last minute or two. So I want to kind of stay there before we dive into your top 100. What do you, I think you're less of a gambler than I am. So what are you taking away from the playoffs on the fantasy side? I'm sure something has jumped out at you that we've seen so far. Like Reggie Jackson is someone that jumped out to me, but who are your guys? 
Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I've got a few. And, and on the gambling side, maybe that's something I do need to sort of uh, dip my toe in a little bit next season because I know we have some <laughs> some articles and some podcasts and I'm doing the sort of more of the DFS editing and stuff. So it, it seems like there might be money there to be had for me. So it might be, yeah, it's, it's something I've never done. I've never been a gambler. I've never, never bet money or anything. So... Um, yeah, look, maybe that's something I'll look at next season. Yeah, consi- season consider well. it, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you you have to. You can consider no, no. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, for, for players, I, I guess I, I highlighted a few, and, and obviously Reggie Jackson is a big one. So, um, oh, well, let's start with, um, well, I guess DeAndre Ayton is probably another one who's who's sort of been on, on uh, people's, sort of at the forefront of people's minds with his play during the playoffs and I guess his his regular season was pretty disappointing but but I I think that was just based on the fact that he was drafted too high I don't I don't actually think he was that disappointing if you took him where he probably should have gone uh and and I think that'll be the case again next year I think if he's if he's overdrafted he'll let you down but if you can get him where he's meant to go and I, I think that's actually a theme that I've seen looking at a few of these players is that I have a, an idea in my mind of where they should be going, but I also have an idea of where I think they will go and they don't line up very, very often with, with certain players. Uh, elaborate a little bit. Who are you, who are you thinking about? Um, well, where do I start? <laughs> um, any, I, any old place. I know well, I, yeah, I left look, you a very open-ended question there. That's uh, broadcasting one Oh one. It is. Yeah, it is. Look, I think, Oh, there's so many players, and and I think uh, so. One of them is, I mean, you could go up as high as as someone like um, Damian Lillard. Where's he going to go? Uh, or where where will he go? He's I think he finished third or something this season, but I really don't see him go. I think he'll go lower, like he always does. He'll go around seven or eight um, straight away. There's a player who could have value. Uh, you've got guys like Embiid. Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, Anthony Davis—all these guys are proven to be number like uh, first-round players and even sort of top five, top six players. But where they go is really hard to project at the moment. Um, Giannis and and Luka Doncic, I think, are two that obviously will go pretty high and as we see year after year they they actually don't end up coming near their ADP because of their free throw struggles and that doesn't seem to be going anywhere for Giannis at least based on what we saw or what we've seen during the playoffs Um, so yeah look I think there are a few even up in, in that top echelon of players who whose value and ADP is quite different let's do Let's do something fun here, and let's go through some of your... Are, are, are you comfortable talking through some of the top 100 here? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so uh, for folks that want to see the entire list, it's actually available to Fantasy Pass and Ootball360 subscribers. As I will tell you later in this show, there are a lot of really good reasons actually to get back on that, but this is one of them. Uh, savings down the line is another one, and that's what I'll go into more detail on later on the podcast. But uh, to check out the entire top 100, the way too early top 100 from Adam King, that's uh, via the Hoopball Fantasy Pass. But I want I to talk through some of the names that I thought were kind of interesting. Uh, when you built this, first of all, this was built largely on a per-game basis instead of totals. Is that correct? Yeah, well, yeah, per game because who knows what the totals are going to look like. Yeah, so how do you, how do you think that might change some of the names on your list? Like we we heard from Michael Malone, for instance, and you have Nikola Jokic at number one, which I think basically everyone will. Uh, but we heard from the Nuggets that they're hoping to get him rest days next year. Is that something that you just sort of don't believe, or do you not care, or how do you? What are some of the things you think through? as you take this list and begin to modify it going forward? Uh, for, well, for Jokic, I, I think, I, I believe it. I mean, it makes sense given the way that uh, the the way the league is, is heading. It makes sense to get him some rest. 
Um, but it doesn't bother me because I really don't think there'll be any players that aren't getting some rest during the season. Uh, and, and, and I mean, when they say they're going to get him rest, I don't think that means that they'll be uh, sort of sort of giving him 10 or 15 games off. I think it'll be the odd game here or there. It'll end up being six games or something like that. And I mean, if, if you if you went through the, the top, 12 or top 15 from this season, which I do have open. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, you look outside of, yeah, look out, outside of Jokic. Um, yeah, very it's few. hard to find a player that played more than, more than sort of 60, 62 games. So by the way, uh, I, I want people to know, people should know that we fantasy weirdos. We just always have the, like top 150 list open, even in the off season. That's how sick we are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's my homepage. So it <laughs> it's always I think Vooch. In the face. Vooch is like the only one in that neck of the woods from this last year that was up there in the in the 70 range. Really, no one else was all that close. I think Lillard at 67 was probably one of the other uppermost ones, but you're absolutely right. Like, we can just look at the top 12 here. I'll read off the numbers. 72, 63... 54, 52, 52, 51, 44, 35. I'm going to skip Karai Thomas. Uh, Lillard at 67, Vooch at 70, Cat at 50. If you want to even go a couple more, 47, 61 as you work into the second round. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're you're looking for anyone that can get to that, like, 90% played mark on the year. And that's probably, I think that's what you're saying on Jokic. Like, that might eight games off would be about 10% of the season. And that would still be far more than most guys are playing on an average year. So that's why you're not too concerned about that one. So let me point at another guy on this list. Kevin Durant is number five. Are you at all worried about him getting a bunch of extra rest days next year? Or uh, is, is Brooklyn going to be gunning for it next season? Like how did you, I can, I'll give all three of your Brooklyn superstars here. Harden's at three, Durant is at five, Kyrie's at nine. How did you get to those markers? Uh, well, Harden, Harden for me is, I think you just have to have him in the top three. Um, and, and for Durant, he was one of these guys that's really tricky. I mean, on a per game basis, we know he's a top six, top five, top two player even. Um, and, He's going to miss games. I think that that's pretty clear. But I mean, if you look at the guys around him, you've got Towns, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis. A lot of these names are guys that could miss games as well. So it's not like uh, Duran is sort of on an island there in in the fact that he could be rested because almost every one of those players could be rested. Uh, and and so. I sort of took that element out of it a little bit just because I don't think it's it's a unique situation. Um, but it does sort of it does add a little bit of value to guys, as I said, like Lillard, who who I had at seven, but could very well end as a top three player just due to the fact that he plays in most of the games. Although, I mean, we're hearing trade rumors. Who knows mm. where, where he might end up? Um, and if he's on another team, then... Who's to, who's to say they don't give him ten games off and and sort of have him healthy for the playoffs? So, um, yeah, I didn't when I was doing the per game value. I, I didn't sort of focus too much on on totals because I think everyone is is going to be missing games. Mm. Do you when you take these numbers and you work them into next year? Do you handicap the the total side? pretty significantly leading up to opening day and this is really more like a base to work from uh and then obviously free agency too i guess we got to (laughs) i mean clearly this is that's why it's called the way too early rankings but i wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about what the next steps are for you yeah look it is it is way too early um and i mean i don't even do we even know how many games they're playing next season i think it's the full yeah i believe i believe it's the full the full schlemiel it's starting at the normal october time so i think they're just back on it again which by the way short off season again not not as short but short it's going to be there's going to be rest right out of the gates you would think especially for for players like Giannis and um like these players that are still active now uh they're only going to get 
so what are we, July, three months, yeah, three and a three, half months yeah. from now until opening night. Um, and, and less and than that got, until training camp. Yeah, less than that till training camp. So, um, yeah, look, right, straight away there's going to be players like that that are rested. Uh, Trey Young, who isn't a player that, that typically rests, and, and he generally plays through most of his injuries, you would have to think that, that they're going to uh, look look at trying to get him a couple of games off to begin the season. Um, so, yeah, it's the I would sort of sit the the games cap if if it's an eighty two game season. I think you're probably looking at um, the mo well outside of a couple of unique situations, you'd be looking at around seventy five games played as as a really successful season. I completely agree. Yeah, this year with the 72-game season, the average game played number for fantasy, for like the top 50, top sorry, top 150 was like in the 61 range. Like Most mm. most of those guys were missing 11 games this year, which is any, somewhere in the 15 to 20% range, depending on if they went slightly over that mark. I, I My hope is that if... COVID is under control and we can knock out some of the protocol missed games days, then maybe that average comes back up a little bit to what it normally is, which is like 73 out of 82, somewhere in that eight, nine miss instead of 11. I mean, that's, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, two or three games, but it is, that's a really big deal. And it also put a spotlight on a guy like Nikola Jokic or his, uh, his namesake, Nikola Vucevic, these rare guys this year that played 70 games, Chris Paul, 70 games, DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert, these guys got monster totals bounces because they played more than 95% of their basketball games. There's probably going to be those handful of guys next year too, wouldn't you think? Guys that just like surprise by playing 81 games and crush their ADP if for no other reason than they just played six, seven more games than everybody else? Yeah, oh, for sure there will be. And that, that was interesting, actually. When you read through those names, I thought they're all centers. It's interesting that, that they were they were all big men who played more games. Um, yeah, weird. Generally, you would you would consider it the other way around normally because the, the, the centers are in there banging around, but that's not the case anymore for a lot of them. They're all outside shooting threes. So, yeah, that's right. They're, um, they're spared. They're spared being knocked around in the paint. They're just hanging out of the three point line. Life is easy. They're out there just setting screens all day. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Gobert, obviously, but yeah, good um, point. <laughs> he's generally pretty durable. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the list look, is so I, short. Mikel Bridges, Rob Covington, like, you can almost count on two hands how many relevant fantasy players hit 70 games this year. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, and, and I think one a player I know for me, I've been doing the um, the Timberwolves uh, season sort of recap, um, which, which I'm, I'm working on at the moment. And, and they had a lot of injuries to deal with, obviously. And, and Towns is, is top of that list. I'll be really curious to see how he goes next season because I, I still think he's he could be a top three player quite easily. Um, and, Where do you and think he season, goes? He... Where do you think he goes next year? Uh, yeah, look, he he may be underdrafted a little bit. I think that's what I've put in, in my article is that um, just because he's had two really disrupted seasons, uh, pl- sort of GMs might just be a little bit hesitant to take him with, a, with sort of their first round pick if they have a top, top five pick just because there's so many players there as i've said that on a per game basis could be top five i think you could make a case for i mean if i go through my top 12 or top 13 even you could make a case for any of those players to finish as a top three uh, even someone like jason tatum um who i have at 10th He's generally fairly durable, so I mean, you could make a case that he plays in nearly all the games and he finishes inside the top three just due to due to total value. Yeah, I love uh, that you brought up those two guys. By the way, uh, Adam has Towns at four on the way too early rank board, and Tatum you just mentioned at ten. Uh, Tatum is a guy that I'm very much targeting if I have a uh, late first round pick this coming season. I, I, I'm like. 
I feel pretty damn confident he'll be there. And for some reason, I, I really can't put my finger on it. For some reason, I, I people feel like Tatum let them down this year. But he actually played more games than the average fantasy player did. He was at 64 out of 72. Uh, and he was number 15 on a per-game basis. So by all accounts, he kind of just hit his marks this year. Uh, he was a top 10 player by totals because of that ever so slight edge over the average number of games played. Uh, but I feel like most people thought he had a bad year. I, I don't, I can't wrap my head around that one. Was it just because Boston had such a clunky season? I think so. I think that's to do with the team. Yeah. Um, uh, underperforming and, and as you said, I think, yeah, Tatum, people do sleep on him a little bit and he, he still, although he's clearly so talented and, and, I don't know where you'd have him in, in best players in the league at the moment, but he'd be up there. But I just don't think he has that name value of, of even someone um, like Kyrie Irving or um, yeah, like Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. They, they all have the name value over Tatum at the moment. And, and even players like Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, who I've got below him on the rankings. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Tatum falls to to sort of around where I've got him probably around to the back end of that first round. All right. Let me open the door for you here. Cause we got about five, six minutes left uh, where our schedules are properly overlapped on your top 100 board. I know this is a, again, another super open-ended question, but who are one or two names you wanted to highlight as guys to watch for next season? And where do you have them? Uh, okay. So I have, one one that you'll like and I Ooh. really hard to project because we, we don't know where he's gonna be, but Kelly Olinick. Um <laughs> yeah. I, my guy. <laughs> I don't I really don't know. I so I have him at fifty eight, um and that's sort of based on on what we know now. Uh and, and I mean he was a he was a league winner for just about anyone who had him down the sort of over the the final two months of the season, uh, he was a top. Hang on, I've got him open here somewhere. I think he was a top fifteen player or yeah, something over the last crazy? three months. <laughs> uh, that that seems unlikely, but <laughs> thank you. For, I, don't be too don't be too reticent about that one. All right. <laughs> I mean, he was incredible. He and, was, and I. He was he's just a really hard player to project um right now. Uh, yeah, because wherever he goes, he's probably not gonna get just carte blanche, do whatever the hell you want for thirty three minutes a game like he got in Houston, but he did show that versatility that we've all been yelling about for yeah. three years, but never had enough usage in Miami to do anything with. Yeah, that's right. And and I mean you look at his stats his stats were just oddly really good. He has 7.3 assists over the last two months. So, I mean, that, that in itself is something you could do a podcast on for 20 minutes. I but, might, I might. Don't, don't, uh, don't put it past we'll, me. I might do just a uh, Kelly Olynyk show. <laughs> see if anybody listens. <laughs> uh, and look, yeah, so I know we, we don't have a lot of time. So a couple other players sure. I've got, uh, Trey Young is an, an interesting one. I think, um, where do you have him? Uh, I have him at 24. But I think he'll be one of those because of, well, it sort of links in a little bit to why we actually did the show. But I think because of how good he's been in the playoffs, um, I think he could go higher than that. But we we saw this year, I think, with the talent now in, in Atlanta, he mm-hmm. he just doesn't need to do as much when they're healthy. Um, so, yeah, I have him at 24, but I have a feeling he'll go higher than that. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is another interesting one um, who I had at 25. And I think that's probably about where you're going to have to go to get him um, because Jamal Murray is going to be out for a decent portion of the season, if not the whole season. I guess they'll sort of reevaluate where they are. I'm going to ask you Uh, a really crazy question. In a nine-category league, would you rather have Michael Porter Jr. or Trey Young? Because I think I'm Michael Porter Jr. on that one. I think Michael Porter Jr., yeah. Um, in that wild, he'll probably go two rounds later. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's one, I had him in a couple of leagues and, and he was really good, um, down the stretch. So I, yeah, look, I would probably go with, with Porter Jr. There. Uh, and two more names I had Ben Simmons. (laughs) 
Um, not Australia's favourite player right now, but uh, he... Yeah, I don't know where he... He was outside the top 100 this year, and he did nothing to to sort of boost his stock during the playoffs, and we don't even know if he's going to be in Philly or there's rumours that he'll go to the Warriors. Uh, so very uncertain on, on him at the moment, and... I mean, you have free- him. Uh, you have him right next to Kelly Olynyk, by the way. The two names you mentioned. Is Simmons, you got at fifty-seven. Olynyk at fifty-eight. Yeah, I do. And and I mean, that, right as of right now, I'd certainly take Olynyk over Simmons. Um, and Simmons is another one of those players. I mean, if you're punting, obviously he he skyrockets. So I I don't. That that's sort of why I had him at fifty-seven because although I think his rank will be a lot lower than that. I think he goes higher than that because generally if you're taking him, you're prepared. Um, you're, you're not taking him and hoping that his free throw percentage turns around because that seems unlikely. So you're probably in a punt build if, if you're in a head-to-head league if you're taking him. Yeah, um, you know what? You He's would... an interesting player. I'm sorry to jump in on you like that I because I want to convince myself to take him because he's been so maligned lately that I feel like his value or he's going to get drafted later. But I still don't think I can bring myself to do it because of the free throw stuff. Like, he should be an interesting kind of post-hypey sort of player. But I don't even, I don't know that he'll drop far enough because of name value and because of the punt stuff that you were talking about. But who's your last one? Because I know we got like one minute left. Yeah, so the last one I had is, uh, well, it could be anyone, but let's say Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, uh, you were really high on him, by the way. I got to give you, a, I got to give you your flowers on that because uh, I was low on him this year, and I know he was hurt for a while, so I could try to claim that was something I saw coming, but I didn't, not at all. When he came back, he was awesome. So you nailed that one. Yeah, look, I've been pretty high on him actually for for a few seasons now uh and i think he finally showed this year what he can do when he when he's given a nice role uh and and yeah he was uh, finished the season 66th uh and i've got him at 72 so i think that's about where where you'll have to well where i i think he'll go um but he he's one of these guys that could fall a little bit as well because obviously injuries have have been a concern and and they seem to be recurring knee things that are happening so it's not it's not like it's a random different injury that happens they all seem to be connected a little bit so that is a little bit concerning but uh yeah look i just think he's a really nice fit there and and he's obviously really important to the team because they had him on the floor when he was obviously injured um and so, yeah, he, he's someone that that I'm pretty high on, and and I'd be I'd be happy taking him sort of in the 60s. Let's do this. Uh, let's do a little refresher on this right after free agency. Sound good? Uh, yeah, sounds good. When is free agency? It's about a month. About a month. <laughs> about a month. Okay. Yeah. So we can look back uh, at some of these yeah. names where they're where they may have ended, like an Olinic in particular. Like where he where is he going to end up, and and what does that mean for everything? That should be fun. Yeah. Yep, yep, we can do that for sure. Beautiful, beautiful. Our time lap, our time overlap has once again elapsed. And I say a massive thank you to our good buddy, Adam King. Thank you, my man. Thank you for carving out time that actually fit on my brutal schedule these days. We love having you on the show. No, that's all right. I'm, I'm happy to fit. I mean, I have to fit in. I work for a company that's based in America, so I need to I need to be flexible with my time. So no problem. <laughs> he is at AdamKing91 on Twitter. Go get yourself a fantasy pass. Get in on the old rate. Lock it in and check out the way too, way too early top 100 from Adam King. Adam, thanks again, my man. We'll talk to you soon. No worries. Adam's a sharp cat, man. Adam's a sharp cat. I love hanging out with that dude. I wish that we weren't currently separated by like 15 hours of time difference. It's something quite unfortunate. Let's see. One, two, seven, eight. Yeah, it's like eight hours difference, I think. Negative eight plus a day. So I guess it's plus 16 right now, I think. It really, it's that's hard, man. That's a hard time to make overlap. Basically, basically the only times I could talk to Adam would be in my late afternoon or if we chatted in like very late at night for me but that's tough that's tough right now we're separated by a lot of time but we managed to squeeze it in we got you the chat we've been trying to get on the books for a long long time go follow adam immediately post haste on twitter 
He's our good buddy. We'll be talking to him again hopefully sooner than later, although admittedly it's actually easier during daylight saving time. We act, uh, They jump forward when we jump back here in the States, so it actually gets two hours closer. And then, which seems weird to say plus 18 or plus 19, something like that in terms of actual time difference, but then it puts them not that far off from Hawaii time, just a day later. So who cares about what day it is? That's not the problem. It's the what time of day is it? So if it's like noon, 1 o'clock here, he's getting up in the morning, and suddenly it gets a whole lot simpler. Anyway, uh, TBD on the next time, but hopefully sooner than later. Again, you can follow at AdamKing91 on Twitter. And let's talk a little bit about the NBA Finals now. By the way, if you're going to get any bets down on the Finals, now we have a few from our guys over at Hoopball Gaming. The wager pass, just $9.99 a month, still barely hanging on. Been warning you guys for a long time. We'll talk more about that later in the week. Today's show, I want to talk about the Finals. As of earlier this morning, Giannis Antetokounmpo was upgraded from doubtful to questionable, and then from questionable to a game-time decision, which might be posturing. That could be Milwaukee just telling Phoenix, hey, don't game plan for us without Giannis, because there's a chance he might play, when in fact, maybe there's no real desire to get him out there. In fact, game one, yeah, I guess you could look at it from two different angles here angle number one is game one on the milwaukee side you could sort of feel it out a little bit but at the same time chris paul to me is the guy that's going to get better as he sees more of an opponent over the course of a series he'll just see what they're doing he has that sort of as one of the greatest point guards of all time he has that ability lebron does that the best of the best of the best they'll adjust what they're doing because they do have, it's a weird thing to say, there are some shortcomings offensively for these guys. You know, Chris Paul, he's not a, he's not going to take it to the rack very often. He can shoot the three ball, and he's decent at it, but it's not really where he wants to be. So he plays into his strengths, and once he figures out the way he's being defended, he figures out new ways to get to his strengths. LeBron does that stuff as well. Uh, Kevin Durant, I think, is an, is an interesting one. Because he basically can do the same thing no matter what you put on him. There's just sort of no guarding him. KD's probably the best offensive player in the NBA. So if you're Milwaukee, if that's the way you're looking at it, and you're saying, look, Chris Paul is going to figure us out. We got a couple of games here to throw stuff at him before he just sees all of the things. Then maybe this is an opportunity to ram Giannis into the lineup, try to steal one on the road, in Phoenix. The other side of it is, look, let's get Giannis healthier. We can see what Phoenix is doing because as good as the Suns have been and all the things that they can do uh, defensively, I think Phoenix defensively, that's been, to me, the most impressive part. Offensively, they're going to probably, for the most part, just let their two main guys pick you apart. That's been their offense, and it works mostly because Devin Booker is a hell of a scorer, but and maybe even more so mostly because Chris Paul is just carving teams apart. No one's ever really been able to stop Chris Paul in his career because he's so freaking smart out there. He's a monster. He does it by with guile, and he'll just figure you out. I've always been the kind of person who, and I, I fancy myself a Chris Paul, at playing... Video games, which is a weird comparison, but it's the best one I can come up with because from an athletic standpoint, I'm a pretty good golfer. I can throw things pretty damn well, but I'm not super athletic. I'm not going to kid anybody on that front. I'm coordinated, but not athletic. I always, when I'm, I'm thinking back a number of years, because I, I haven't played a ton of them lately, mostly since having kids. <laughs> Although the older one now is starting to get into it. But that's a podcast for a different day. I'm thinking back to my time as a 20-something. When I was in my 20s, and I would play video games with my buddies, college roommates, or whatever, after graduation, things like that, I often liked to watch other people play. 
for a couple of hours just to kind of see how the game works. And when you're not playing and you're not caught up in those split-second decisions, you can really see the way the game is thinking things through. Not that necessarily there needs to be like an AI you're defeating in the ball game or in the video game to figure it out, but just you see the way things work. You see the timing. You see the adjustments that you need to make on that end of things. Chris Paul is that guy, but for real life. Think about how hard that is. And he does it in real time. He just, he's there, and he did it against the Clippers where he was able to sit out a couple of games and, and see it against the Clippers. He can do it on the floor. See what teams are doing. Beep, boop, boop, beep, recompute, and then attack. So I think if you're Milwaukee, you do try to get this one as much as humanly possible. While you could make the argument, look, we're on the road. It's game one. If we lose this one, we don't, there's no real massive impact because we don't have home court anyway. We want to get one out of two. I'm more afraid of Phoenix the longer the series goes. The argument to be more afraid of, of Milwaukee the, lo- the longer the series goes is that Giannis gets healthier the longer this series goes. But he was badly hurt. So even if he gets in there, I can't imagine he's at full tilt. Here's the thing. One thing that we got wrong in our handicap in the Eastern Conference Finals was that Milwaukee... We said they would play with more discipline, which was right. We got that part right. They stuck to their game plan more, and they covered easily in, I think that was game five, where we liked Milwaukee on the side. But I also liked the under on the total, thinking that they would run a bit more half-court stuff with no Giannis. What we didn't properly handicap was that, well, two factors that kind of rolled together into one delightful little tootsie roll. The defense for the Bucks is a lot worse with Giannis out. So they're going to have to score a bit more because they're not going to stop teams the way that they can when Giannis really probably is the best defensive player in the NBA. I know that they want to give it to Ben Simmons and Rudy Gobert and all that stuff. Giannis is probably, if he's, in, if he's fully engaged on that defensive side, he's probably more impactful than those guys. I don't think that's that much of a hot take. I mean, you could argue any of the three. Suffice it to say, regardless of where you want to put him in the top five on defense, and I think it's pretty safe to say he's a top five defender, having him not on the floor is going to make a team worse at that end. So that drives the total up. Also, defending the Bucks with no Giannis is actually slightly more complicated. Even if, and this is a weird thing to say, that these These two statements would seem to be in juxtaposition to one another and can't coexist, but they actually do. Defending the Bucs without Giannis is more complicated. Not necessarily harder, just more detailed. They're going to do more things when Giannis is off the floor than when he's on. When Giannis is there, a lot of the Bucs' offense is box out, for Giannis to get a defensive rebound and go. Defending that, as we've seen throughout playoffs for three seasons running, is jamming up. Don't let him get into the paint. Don't let him Euro-step around you with his 19-foot stride. Which, easier said than done, obviously, but teams have figured out some kind of game plan to that. Load up, force Giannis to beat you with by passing early, Basically, by passing when someone is coming over to clog the paint, get rid of the ball when they're going the wrong direction instead of too late when they have time to recover or too late when you've committed an offensive foul. When he's at the same time, the Bucks are going to be, on the whole, a better offensive team when he's out there because teams aren't going to be able to get back and stop Giannis every single time he's out in the open court. You're not going to have the right personnel back every possession to ram four power forwards (laughs) into the paint the way that the Nets did. The Nets had a lot of success playing a bunch of power forwards at the same time, basically. I could argue their small forward, power forward, and center were all power forwards for stretches, and so they had the size and length to wall off the paint appropriately in a way that Atlanta didn't really, although they did an okay job of it as well. It just... Clint Capella, John Collins, those guys did a pretty good job, but then there's this pretty good drop-off in size down to like a Kevin Herter, whereas with Brooklyn, there were stretches where they had KD, Jeff Green, Blake Griffin, 
all patrolling those areas, and that's a bunch of 6'10 guys all lined up next to one another. Phoenix, one could argue, does have the personnel to wall off the paint. Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton make a pretty formidable trio walling off a Giannis attack. On the other end, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton running off of gigantic Brooke Lopez screens. They're huge. They're going to have room off of those, and it opens up different things for Milwaukee to do. So, it again, this is a weird thing to say, but defending the Bucks without Giannis is more complicated, even if it's actually, at the same time, easier to keep them at a lower number. The issue is, if you mess it up at any point along the way, the Bucks still have the firepower to score on you. When the hell was that last game? Last week. Was it Saturday? Yeah, Milwaukee beat Atlanta 118-107 on Saturday to finish off that series. That one went under because, and make sure you see this through, not that the pace was necessarily too slow, just that the teams were defending one another well, and Trey Young wasn't healthy. If Trey was healthy, that game probably goes over. That was a good reason to take the under in that ballgame. But it was moving at a pretty good clip because the Hawks were getting, or the, uh, well, both teams, really. Both teams were getting into their offense pretty quickly. And yes, missed shots are going to inflate the number of possessions. That's just the way it works. The possessions should have pushed that game into the over. But again, it is at the same time more complex. Maybe that's a better word to describe it than complicated. Complicated would describe that it's harder. Complex doesn't necessarily mean harder. It just means more attention to detail. If, however, it, oh, here you go. Here, I, I've, I've figured out the verbiage that I want to use. Defending the Bucks without Giannis requires greater attention to detail, but if you pull it off, you can stop them more thoroughly. It's the Russell Westbrook effect to some degree. There's always a narrow band of success that his teams have had over the years. Because with Russ, you're going to have a high floor. Because for the most part, he's going to be okay. He's dynamic. He's going to have those brutal games every once in a while. But for the most part, he's going to raise your floor because of how he plays. And because while he is a relatively simple player to defend, it's really hard to do it every single time he's coming at you at 1,000 miles an hour. Giannis is that but way harder to deal with. But it's that same thing where there just aren't that many things he's going to try to do to you. Stopping them every time is exhausting, but there aren't that many variations to it. The way that when he's not on the floor, there are more variations, but it's less energy, I think, and probably a, you have a greater path to success if you pull it off. All of that to say, a very long tangential discussion to get us to the point that Phoenix favored by six in this game, Milwaukee now with Giannis sort of hanging in the balance. I think you have to take the Bucks by with six points, total of 219. Forget the handicap. If Giannis gets ruled in, that number drops by three, maybe more. And then you've set yourself up with a middle opportunity if you want, and... You take the over, because if Giannis gets ruled in, that total goes up from 219 to some higher number. Which is funny, because if you told me Giannis was playing, and the total was 222, I would bet the under with most of my body. Because I don't think Giannis is healthy. I don't think that he's going to have the velocity he normally does that makes his one-trick pony incredible offense so unbelievably difficult to stop because of his speed and strength and length of leg. But you've got this crazy middling opportunity set up where Giannis is suddenly upgraded to a game-time decision. And if he gets ruled in, you could set yourself up with three or four-point middles on both the side and the total. If you were not trying to bet the middle, I would probably look at the... I'd probably leave the side alone, to be perfectly frank, because if, if Giannis plays, I actually think they're less likely to cover. I don't think he makes them better at 60-70% health. I 
I really like the under, oddly enough. I think there's going to be some rust for both of these teams, and I think they've well studied one another. But this, once again, comes down to whether I think Giannis plays. Like, if Giannis is in, I lean Phoenix and the under. If Giannis sits, I probably lean Bucks and the over, which makes it very hard to bet a game when you don't have the status of one player who changes my your my attack on both the side and the total. Nothing agrees. His presence in this ballgame changes my opinion on both. If he's in, I think Milwaukee plays at the wrong tempo, they do the wrong stuff, and Phoenix beats them with better discipline. Probably by five, six points, but that number would be lower. So you kind of have to wait on this ballgame. Wait on Giannis's ruling. Uh, even though he probably speeds the game up, I think Phoenix is fully prepared to pack the paint on Giannis and make Milwaukee beat them with shooting. And I don't know that they can. And if Giannis is in, even at less than full strength, he probably does still make them, Milwaukee, better on defense also. So this has that Joel Embiid effect where one player being ruled in, I actually think the lines are going to go in the wrong direction on both things. So please, Giannis, try to play in this ballgame because I will fade the ever-loving smoke out of that news. And that is your Tuesday edition of Fantasy NBA Day. Thank you once again. I think I repeated myself in that. Thank you once again to Adam King for popping on, giving us his way too early top 100 rankings for next year. Uh, Thank you to Anthony Germain for starting one of the most exciting podcasts we've had here at HoopBall ever, Fantasy NFL Today. Go check that out this second or in like 10 seconds when this show is done. I'm Dan Bespers for Fantasy NBA Today. Have a great Tuesday. Back at you tomorrow. We will pick back up with the Northwest Division and our team-by-team breakdowns. Toodaloo! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.